0: to the fifth episode of kirk your enthusiasm so we've got brian schroeder who uh, you should know from social media as at cosmos and his patreon account which i will uh, link to in the the profile here but i, I he came on my first podcast at uh, Las Vegas Summer League. We talked for like 20 minutes, more like I talked for a while. But, you know, he was just an, he uh, was kind enough to join me. But it's been a couple of weeks. I kind of have my feet wet in this podcast uh, chicanery. And I wanted to bring him on just because, you know, it's one of these weird times in the summer when there's just absolutely not a lot happening. And it's one of those times where we can really project forward without a lot of consequence. Um Brian, you're really one of the the first people that I saw uh, probably, I guess, going back three years now talking about Luca as far as a draft prospect. And so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, it was like, what and more likely, like when, like, what were you seeing? And like, how were you seeing him that that got you on board with Luca as such a high value NBA prospect, like so early in the process? Uh, well,
1: I I, saw, I remember seeing a bunch of stuff um about like him at the uh, ANGT the Adidas Next Generation Tournament. I remember watching a couple of those games because those are on FIBA and liking him. And then at, at that point, I wasn't really like really you know like oh I know who's good. It's more just like this guy could be good. And then I remember seeing it would have been twenty sixteen early 2016 as somebody, I think it was somebody from draft express was going crazy about him. So I started looking into him more and then, you know, it kind of becomes like a, a somebody knows, knows somebody is good and it kind of spreads. Mm-hmm. So that came on, but by the time he started playing the season before he got drafted, but at that point, everyone kind of knew and it was sort of just watching Luca games was like, you would you'd watch him as often as you could basically.
0: So, um, What's okay, so like he you was know, one of those guys who was like a prodigy at like 15, 16 years old. Yeah, even okay. earlier. I think he signed when he was like 14, right? Right, but I mean, so but some of these guys signed particularly early due to their physical skills or whatever. But mm-hmm. he was much watched TV as far as you know, or I mean, I, I guess much watched streaming just mainly due to kind of his skill set. Yeah, okay. yeah, he was probably the most
1: talented player at that age that's ever played basketball or at least ever played European basketball.
0: Okay. Well, I guess I didn't entirely understand that even though I hooked in on him early. Well, so as I latched on to him mainly because of you and some of the other people who I follow, I was really in on him in terms of, you know, his playmaking which he got to show a little bit of his rookie season. But what really surprised me, and I think arguably propelled him to the Rookie of the Year title, was his uh, was his ability to score. So, what, what was that something that that you all, in, in terms of like the draft apparatus, could have predicted, or or was was that just a thing that we didn't entirely you know see coming?
1: Um. Well, no, his touch it was pretty obvious, at least by the time he started playing that last year, that he had like. Absolute like peak 100%, 100th percentile outlier touch. It was more just a question of like, is he strong enough to immediately score against NBA players? And I think I think even by the way before he was drafted, I think we all kind of knew that. Uh, the real question was, is he still a good pull-up shooter? Because he really kind of fell off. That was it was you know it was pretty um, pretty commonly covered that he sort of second half of his last year in Europe he kind of just stopped hitting threes because he just. I think he just got one out. You know, he was fat. He was out of shape. So it just kind of flattened out. And I think pretty much everybody I knew accepted if he hits threes at an average rate, he's going to be a good score. At least a good score.
0: Well, so that actually, like, leads into some questions, though, because his his rookie year, he kind of shot the ball like crap. I mean, he shot below 33%. I don't don't think
1: he's ever going to be, but if he can even be an average shooter, like, if he can hit shots at all, if he can make people play him, because if he can make people think he's a good shooter, the the Nikola Miritich corollary, like, you hit enough shots that people see, they'll think you're a good shooter and they'll cover you. Because, you know, yeah. as strong as he is and as great as he is with his touch, if people played him like Giannis, he would never score,
0: you know. Uh, okay, you know what? I guess that does make some sense. Well, and that it that's that's arguably why they really need to to do a better job surrounding him with shooters, just yeah. because I think in a so, like towards the latter half of the year, teams really started playing up on him, and that was when his, his efficiency just absolutely plummeted. Well, yeah, I mean he's never he was never gonna be
1: one who lacked for confidence, but imagine if he just didn't shoot threes. He would never score. He wouldn't be an NBA, I don't think. Yeah, he and did, I I, didn't I shoot
0: I want to say I was looking. I was looking at his game log before we started, and I feel like his three point percentage actually kind of fell off. Oh, geez, whoops, sorry. I felt like his uh, NBA uh, uh, three point percentage really fell off a cliff when the year went around just because he he w- he was playing with worse players. Uh, you know, particularly after the Porzingis trade. Yeah, he's playing with Tim Hardaway So, Virginia. what sort of things? <laughs> <laughs> who somehow managed to shoot seven threes a game? That's something that that I'm going to be laughing about for years. I mean, that's um, what he does. So, what sort of things what what sort of things do you think Luca really needs to to improve upon as he heads into his sophomore year? Well, the shooting consistency, but I mean, it looked like he's it's just his conditioning. You know, his just being
1: able to, to handle a, you know, maybe not a hardness scoring role, but That's part of the reason James Harden, we all kept assuming he's going to eventually just stop scoring, but the guy just is like a super athlete. Like he just is super conditioned and strong. So that and, you know, just kind of tweaking, maybe, maybe getting a little better at a live, it's called live ball passing, which is um, not just like passing on the move off. Not like it's passing without switching your, your hand. It's the thing LeBron's good at. We can mm-hmm. just throw the ball, and that that you can get better at that by uh, working out on your wrists and, and getting like just getting stronger in your wrists. Um, that's the thing, Cade Cunningham is like super elite at because he can just he doesn't have to that extra split second without having to palm the ball or pick it up or turn it. You just kind of throw the pass out. That's a good thing to have if you're going to be a tall guy who gets in the lane who isn't particularly fast. Um. And then you know just like trying not to be a terrible defender, trying to under have
0: get better get better at at anticipating stuff is I think what I mean. That makes some sense. Well well uh, in terms of the offensive stuff, I I've I've watched enough of his passing to think that he could be a lot better about his placement of the ball on those passes because it's one thing to be able to have the vision to hit that corner three, uh, you know coming off like the high screen and roll and doing kind of the LeBron whip around pass where you see things despite guys you know uh, uh, being in the way but one thing that he seemed to kind of be rough at at least in certain spots was this placement of where the pass was received because there's just enough of those kind of corner three turnovers where guys either catch mm-hmm. the ball a little too high I mean is that something that, that guys can actually improve upon or is that really like an inherent skill I think you can improve on. I think most, I think most skills can be
1: improved upon. Honestly, like it, I don't know. That's kind of a tough one. It's kind of a case by case thing. You kind of have to just hope. Somebody is it playing with the same
0: guys? Like, like in terms of like building a little bit of a coherence. Maybe more the same system. Maybe more the same system. Okay. Well, so that actually, that my my last question about about uh, Luca really plays into to whether or not you know what sort of ceiling does he have because right now it seems you know, like the the consensus from people who watched him casually is that this might kind of be where he is which is you know not a bad ceiling certainly i mean the guy shot 20 but like where does he where do you think he could go even if if he does get in better shape and he seems to be in better shape so what where do you think like he could go this season uh in terms of numbers oh this season
1: I, I don't want to predict numbers because they don't always. Sure. They're not always. Um, I think. Well, I think vaguely maybe the guy who should have made the All Star team but didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, because I don't think he's going to make the All Star team this early. It's just too. Like, it's the Western
0: Conference. Like you don't make the yeah. All Star team. This no, early it's not an indictment. Well, um, what about what about career-wise? Like, where where do you think he could actually go? Because I know some people really. Think I think he, he could win be an MVP.
1: MVP. You I think really he could win do? MVP in an off year. Yeah. If he ends up being like a 28, 29 point like score, like he could be like Brandon Roy was like a third level MVP guy, maybe second level MVP guy. And he's just, a, he's taller. Like he's just a taller, stronger Brandon Roy to me. Yeah. Um, That's actually a really yeah, interesting comp. If, if he gets to the point where he's full-time point guard, he probably like, I just think, at the very least, like all NBA caliber guy, which means you could win MVP. That's what that means. Cause like Lillard could have won MVP in like 2007. Like, you know, if he was, if you could take him exactly how he is now and put him in that league, he would win it, probably
0: win it. He'd be close. It's just the pace is different now. So, you know, sure. Definitely. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, it's like, like, I really want to believe that that he could project higher, but then I keep looking at his numbers, and I see the fact that he was, you know, essentially top ten in the league in free throw attempts. Yeah, and you know, I, makes, I know, like, like, free throw, and well, his free throw makes is really going to push his points per game up because he shot so poorly. But I'm wondering, like, where else he can improve, and like, it feels. You know, the like the the twenty five eight and seven kind of line just seems so ridiculous when you write it down. But it's not that far out of the realm. I mean, is that kind of crazy to think about? Well, he's I mean, going to be a uh, he's going to be a five and five guy for sure the rest of his career. So that's more just mm-hmm.
1: getting. I mean, it depends on the team. It depends on the, the team that plays around him and and what
0: Carlisle does, how long Carlisle's there, all that stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I like the rebounding is going to be big this year, just because, like, yeah, I feel he's the Mavs' best rebounder, which Probably. is not a great, it's not really a great thing, but it is going to be good for his numbers. Well, speaking of of you know who he's playing with, I want to talk about his his uh, his wingman and 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 Kristaps Porzingis, and he's a guy who I've not seen a lot of. I've watched some tape, but I really kind of want to go in fresh and watch him you know playing as as the second you know the second guy in the pick and roll so what do you think his kind of best use is in the system that Dallas runs like what are you expecting from him uh not what the Knicks are doing
1: with him which was give him the ball and let him do dribble moves to 20 feet out. He should be he should be high three point attempts, high dunks. Like uh like he should he should basically never have the ball for more than like 2 or 3 seconds. He should be the play finisher.
0: Play finisher, okay, cuz yeah, yeah. I know like his assists are hilariously low. Like the guy doesn't seem to pass. He's he, he's a he's a black hole in terms of shot at them. So is that kind of out the window? Yeah, I I just don't think especially coming off of his injury I just sure. don't think you want to give him I don't
1: Much. think you want to give him uh just to, and I also don't think he's good at it. I don't think he's good at. Uh, sorry. I don't think he's very good at. He's just not a lead scorer. I don't think that's what he is. He should be like. Who
0: am I thinking of? Honestly, he could just be like Super Claber. <laughs> well, it's not a like, bad comp because if you're just shooting threes and dunking the ball, you're doing things in an offense that results in other open. You know, like everybody yeah. else being wide open because he's like you know the reason he's nicknamed the unicorn is obviously because of the combination of the height and the skill set and we just haven't seen it as, in in an nba sense past december just because of his his proclivity for injuries so i'm i'm uh, if he's if he's healthy at all like if he's even playing average basketball in january i think the mavericks are going to be pretty fierce just because he's going to has he's going to have helped open up the offense in a really big way yeah in a way that, say, Dwight Powell can't. No, and, and you know, Powell's really kind of an interesting comp because they're probably going to be playing together. But I think there's going to be so much open space with everybody playing because, you know, Powell can't shoot, but he's willing to shoot. You know, he, he's, yep. he's not, you know, he shoots such a horrendous three-point percentage, but that doesn't seem to have stopped him after however many attempts. So I'm going to be kind of interested to see how the two of them play together. Well, you know, so those are kind of the two main Mavericks prospects. Like, is is there anybody yeah. else that you really think is worth talking about long-term? I mean, uh, Jalen Brunson, you know, Maxi Kleba is is 27. I,
1: I love know. I Kleba. He's not a prospect, though. He's he's an NBA player, and that's just what he's going to be. Um,
0: Yeah, I want to see if Jalen Brunson could
1: beat up more point guards. I just want to watch him do it. Just like punch point guards in the chest as you're trying to drive by him because he's so, absurd, so absurdly strong. Um, I mean, I don't, people are going to be talking about Dorian Finney-Smith turning the corner for the next five years. He's fine. He's a, he's fine, but he's not really a guy that you're going to, like, build around. Yeah, I don't really know who else. They're kind of, they're kind of strapped for guys. On, like, they've got, they've got the nucleus they want. I just don't know who their other, like, who is the third best player on that team if it's not Jalen Brunson. That's kind mm-hmm. of a tough thing to answer.
0: Yeah. So what do you feel about, uh, uh, about, God, what, what is wrong with me right now? What do we feel about their, their, their loan main free agency, uh, acquisition, uh, from, from the Grizzlies? Um, what's wrong with me? I'm just, I'm too tired. We're recording at almost midnight, so I'm, I'm, I'm losing my mind. What do we feel about DeLon? Oh, DeLon. Wright yeah. i almost forgot of... about DeLon.
1: Yeah. DeLon, I mean, but DeLon is also almost 28. So he's, um, He's kind of the insurance guy, I feel like, for if Brunson doesn't come along and like Courtney Lee can't play. They got Seth Curry back too. But these guys are all these guys are not guys who are gonna be here in five years, I don't feel like. No, that's, but that's... with the
0: way teams are built now, you're mostly building for like a three year window. And and I yeah. I'm I'm concerned about them in that window because I don't necessarily think there's there's there there's what you're talking about, but in terms of the argument has to be for the mavericks that the the sum is greater than the parts and and i'm not sure yeah. that's going to be enough for like 44 wins but like i can i can at least see a path is that being too optimistic no no yeah well Okay. Well, guys, we're going to be right back. I've I, uh, been talking with, with uh, Brian Schroeder here, uh, my my very old friend from uh, Twitter, and we've been talking about uh, the Dallas Mavericks and their prospects. But up next, we're going to be talking about 2020 draft prospects and beyond. So we'll be right back. All right, guys, I am back with Cosmos, better known as Brian Schroeder, or really the other way around. Uh, we're talking all sorts of uh, of basketball topics tonight. It's the middle of summer. There's not a ton to talk about basketball wise, but you know, I really wanted to do a deep look ahead. So, so this far out, you know, you've been really kind of starting to dive into draft prospects in the uh, in, in the you know the coming 2020 draft. So I think it's really safe to assume that the Mavericks might be drafting, you know, I mean they're probably going to be drafting in the 10 to 20 range unless they miss the playoffs and then win the lottery. But like, what kind of guys do you think the fans should be really kind of looking out for this far out? And and really why? Uh
1: the problem is is that this is a point guard draft.
0: Um
1: so like not only are I like I think six of my top ten are guards, but then also like of all the freshmen who could be one and done guys, I'd, I'd say probably like fifteen of twenty five are guards. Um, now some of those guys are taller guards who could maybe play the same kind of role the line rights playing, but um, I think the problem is that they kind of need other bigs and they also need tall wings. So maybe a guy mm-hmm. like Romeo like Romeo Weems from DePaul could be a, a high riser. Terrence Shannon. Texas Tech. These are guys who are, like, not right now I don't think they're projected to go anywhere, but they're both, like, six, 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 seven strong guys who hit threes and block shots. Um, so maybe those kind of guys, or maybe think of other, like, Malcolm Cazalon from France is, like, a rangy wing-type guy. Um, the other problem is that most of the, any any good wings in this draft, like, Danny Avdia is going to go pretty highly, I imagine, and uh, Anthony Edwards is probably going to be top three. I'm, i I'm At least <laughs> this is what it looks like now. Um, so it's kind of a tough one. Like They're kind of in a bad spot. Maybe Isaac Okoro from Auburn, if he is as good as I think. Josh Green, going to Arizona, uh, Australian guy, he's like a good, he'd just be like a good 3-D guy. But it's kind of a tough one because unless unless some of these other freshmen, Preston will probably go higher than that. He's like, a, I think he's like a big anyway. Unless one of these returning guys really busts out, they might just be better off just taking the best player who would probably be a guard at that point. Mm-hmm. If it's like, that's, I want to say like, let's say like 13, it'd probably be like Brian Antoine or someone, BJ Carton, one of these like you know, uh, freshman guards, Jameis Ramsey, also in Texas Tech. Maybe Isaiah Joe, if he's there, you just take him because he's uh, the best shooter in college basketball from Arkansas who just, uh, he hit, God, he took like, I want to say, I had to look it up, per 40, he took like 15 threes a game, and he shot like 46%. That's wild. Some, cool. abs- some absurd number. Let me look it up right now. That's probably too high. Um, yeah, his, his three-point rate was uh, 76.3, so he took 76.3% <laughs> of his shots from behind the arc, and he hit forty almost 42% of them as a freshman. He's 6'5". Well, uh, he listed at 160, but I think he's gained some weight. I think he's like 185 now, so he's like oh, a two-guard.
0: So- that actually, so the weight and kind of the weight. He's gained a lot. He, he looks a lot more now. muscular. Yeah. Well, so so, uh, who needs a point guard in this draft? Like a point guard draft, I can't really think of any Teens. teams that are. So, but but I mean, is there is there <laughs> like a demand for Next. point guards in the draft? Really, or am I just full of it?
1: I mean, more than there is for centers. Most, I mean, uh, that's what's weird about this draft is it's gonna it's just gonna be most of them are best. Uh, most of them are are like good guards. So it's just,
0: I don't know. It depends on what kind of teams are picking. Well, that's, that's actually pretty interesting. So I I also wanted you to, to, to give you a little bit of a platform of, about the guys that we've talked about offline. So like, who are your, like ignoring team, ignoring position, who are your favorite draft prospects? Like Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton. (laughs) Is is he in Iowa state? Is that right? Or is it Iowa? He's my I, you, oh, Iowa State. Iowa State. Okay. So, so why is he like your favorite guy this year? He's
1: my I, he's kind of like my kind, just the player I like the most. He doesn't take shots. He doesn't need to. He only shoots threes. He averages lots of assists, lots of steals, and lots of blocks. And uh, he weighs like 120 pounds. <laughs> he looks like Otto
0: Porter. He looks, he looks and plays like Otto Porter, but he's a guard. So, he's,
1: I love him. He's my favorite,
0: my favorite and basketball now- player. Where should he go? Like, like if we were to hold the draft tomorrow, where does he go? Like, what tomorrow? Number? Probably mid first,
1: but probably late first, maybe like twenty third, twenty fourth. But I think by the time, because he didn't shoot, he basically didn't shoot free throws, and he shot. Oh God, I want to say he he barely took shots in the paint. He he a lot, where he just didn't take those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I would say by the end of next year, I would say mid like fifteen sixteen.
0: Okay, that's actually, so that's going to be in the Mavericks range if things go right for them. That's really interesting. Um, how is he as a shooter? He's a very good shooter. He has a weird jump shot. He looks like Reggie Miller, but he's
1: but uh, a, but yeah, a, he a lot of threes.
0: Okay. Yeah. What? Okay, so you mentioned Cade Cunningham earlier. He is not in this year's draft? Not as of right now, no. Ah, okay. So this is going to be a guy that we're going to be talking about for, you know, probably almost two years in terms of somebody who is going to be a real draft hype kind of guy that's and yeah. that's the 2021 you know Mavs fans the they aren't going to have a draft pick due to the Chris Stapps for trade so that's we should ignore all Cade Cunningham hype from me um so in terms of draft prospects you know you study a lot of of film you just look at what guys do in specific <clears> situations <throat> what are What are the traits that are really, I guess it's the combination of traits that you are biased towards as you're, you know, uh, scouting guys and really, you know, assessing what their NBA future might be? Do you mean stats or traits? Because it's a different. I would say I would say traits because I think that like. I think and, and please tell me if I'm wrong. I feel mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes size and you know guard play is kind of overrated in terms of impact on the league just because the range of outcomes for smaller guards, like I say a Dennis Smith, is just gonna be limited due to yeah. size. Well, there's a there's a common adage, you don't take you don't take a guy who's six two
1: or shorter if he's not a full time point guard, because where are you going to play him? Um yeah, I say uh I mean, that's good. Wingspan is important. I'm going to say probably physical strength, which is weird that my favorite player is like Reedy, but he could add add size. But I think physical strength is the one thing every star in the NBA currently has. Like they're above average strength. Even like DeMar DeRozan is much stronger than most guys at his position. Uh, The only guy who really isn't is probably Steph. And even then he's become a lot stronger than he was because Clay's pretty strong. Maybe not Durant, but Durant's balance for his size is, I think, what sets him apart. But, you know, LeBron's obviously a superhuman. Even like Jokic. Jokic is absurdly mm-hmm. strong. He just pushes everyone out of the paint. Uh, I mean, any. Giannis is. The, the, I mean, what turned him into the MVP was when he gained like
0: 35 pounds of muscle. And now <laughs> he's just killing people. Okay, that's an actually because that was um, the the strength of, of of Luca. Not to not to circle it back to him too much, but that was sort of a thing that I felt was really underappreciated until part of the way through his rookie year. I've mentioned this before, but there was this one post up play against the uh, the Nuggets when he was he was posting up Millsap and mm-hmm. did a little shimmy and and basically you know it wasn't a stiff arm, but it was enough of a body bump to freeze paul Millsap, and then milsap jumped and he just kind of drifted to the left and uh, on the post up and you know just kind of shot around him and mm-hmm. that was almost entirely i mean obviously it's because of his ball fake skills and things like that but he wasn't able to freeze yoke or he wasn't able to freeze Millsap for any other reason other than the fact that he was exceptionally strong on the post up and i that that actually is is really an interesting skill to to focus on as the league starts to spread out in terms of how people play. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, because you have more space winning. You need to win individual matchups. Uh, Kawhi. That's one of the reasons he has such a good playoff run is no. Except maybe, maybe Jimmy Butler, but aside from Jimmy Butler, I don't think there was a single wing player who guarded him who could consistently not just get pushed around by him.
0: Just pushed it. So you're... You mean pushed a, pushed around, not a, like on, off of off of movement without the ball, but also like movement with the ball. Because when you're yeah, dribbling, with, if you can just kind of hold a guy at bay, that's re- okay. That's actually something I never really thought about before, which makes a lot do. of sense. Even
1: even the occasional post up, just like if you you're, yeah if you're cutting around off ball, Reddit gets it by just running really fast. But a lot of guys, mm-hmm. if you watch them cut, they just push through people. Like Clay Thompson's good at that. Um, you can tell he's strong because he uh, he um, when he gets set, sometimes he doesn't have to actually get his
0: feet planted. He like does the slits when he shoots. Which, yeah, I mean that requires a lot of balance and strength. Which, yeah, actually. a lot of core
1: strength to just kind of fling the ball up. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I feel like strength is one. Reaction time, obviously, you can tell watching enough tape. If somebody gets lucky, or if they're actually able to read plays, that's an important one
0: well so let let me
1: a good one is um stride length or like it's actually one of the it's amazing that zion is able to be as good as he was when he runs like he has a like, choppy little lineland steps whereas mm-hmm. you look at lebron run and lebron covers like 15 feet every time he takes a stride <laughs> and uh if you're able to a- adjust that like when you get into when you get into space when you get into the Do you still just try and take these big, loping steps when you just commit a bunch of offensive fouls, or can you, like, footwork? Can you get your feet around people and stuff? Shagos Alexander is the best guy recently at that. He runs like a... I mean, his mom was uh, an Olympian. He runs like a track star, and then he's able to, like, burst through one step. It's really... The way he moves his feet around people is really impressive to watch.
0: That's actually something he needs to get better at, too. In the open court, or in just in traffic, generally, okay. Yeah, that'll be something to watch for this year because I know he's talked about dropping weight. He won't comment on how much it is, but he definitely looks thinner. And mm-hmm. one of the things I've seen in in terms of watching old film, you know, we've been really going through a Dirk Dirk Nowitzki renaissance. Just watching, you know, his tape from basically nineteen ninety nine to two thousand three, uh, and you know, he he kind of started to decline athletically after two thousand six. But Mm -hmm. there's just not as much tape of that anymore. But the way he used to run was really incredible because he was just, you know, his 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 stride length like he, he, you know, he looked like Durant does now when he would take the ball up the floor. It just didn't happen very often. So that's Mm -hmm. you know, kind of one of those things that you look back on. Um, So one of the things I wanted to really finish on in terms of prospect related things was at what point should we just give up? on on you know sleeps and improvement with players because i kind of You know, after listening to you and and talking to other prospect, you know, guys who are focused on prospects, I feel like like 19 to 23 seems to be the big age when you can look for kind of, you know, large leaps in both, you know, skill and strength and that sort of thing. And guys can obviously improve shooting later in career. But, you know, I I get frustrated listening to, oh, this guy's finally learned how to shoot a three. It's like, oh, well, we got 500 attempts at this point. I don't think he's going to learn, you know, where where, it depends on what kind of threes. How old is Andrew Wiggins? That's where you should give up. <laughs> okay. So is it like a minute for you? Is it like a minutes played? Is a shot yeah. thing or is it kind of like all the, all those things put together?
1: Yeah, I think
0: it's a case by case thing. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I am trying to be positive. Well, I'm sure listeners of this podcast would say, you know, Kirk, you're not trying to be positive about Mavs shooters. But, like, I don't know what to do about a guy like Dwight Powell who shot 20 percent for 40 games and then shot 40 percent for 40 games and like those sorts of things you know just really feel like outliers to me is that crazy or you know like like mm. wh- what should you look at like when guys spike you know in terms of production
1: yeah it's always uh, it's kind of a tough one i'm not entirely i can't say that we know people know for sure um it's. Uh, I guess you just have to watch them and, and see how comfortable they are and see what it, like what it looks like. I don't know. I mean, Jamal McGuire made the All Star team once, so it's kind of to... <laughs> hard to.
0: I think it's kind of hard to predict. This stuff. That makes sense. Well, OK, I wanted to end with you because, you know, part of why I wanted to get you on this podcast today was and, you know, tomorrow football season starts, but also 2K comes out and you are a mm-hmm. big 2K player going out forever. So, like, I wanted to give you an opportunity to opine a little bit on the things you love about 2K, but also, like, what are you expecting to see improvement wise from uh, uh, nothing? From this one? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing.
1: Yeah, I think I'm. I at this point, I'm really just get two K to do the my league stuff. I I really feel like they're they're kind of uh. They're kind of I think they're just kind of out. Like I think they've they've they passed the event horizon forever being good again. They're just sort of making the same game so they can trick dumb people into giving them into buying a bunch of uh, contracts for my team. So it, it's it's really kind of depressing. But I still like. I don't know. They also do make some improvements with the gameplay. It's it's their the last five years or so they started focusing more on getting celebrities to be in their stupid story mode and like forgetting to make the game work and that's not fun but the we did have those few years where they really started getting all the legend teams that was great that was when it really like 2k 11 2k 12 2k 13 that was when things when they had the olympic team on that one year that was fun and they it seems like they just kind of stopped doing that they I mean, part of it is I think they're not a very big company, Visual Concepts, so I think they're just trying desperately to turn a profit, to justify their own existence, and not they don't have time to really focus on making the game as good as they can. But I'm still going to make a bunch of draft prospects on it and do a bunch of, uh, if if the thing works anymore, if the Jersey creator thing even works anymore. It kind of was really
0: wonky last year. So, I mean, I'm going to play it. I'm not sure how much I'm going to enjoy it this time. (laughs) what sort of things do you get in and tinker with in terms of like the settings? Um, Well, they do uh, to their credit for my league, which is
1: like the uh, default GM mode. There's the other one that gives you like a story, my GM, but my league is just like the normal franchise one. Uh, You can actually tweak with, there's some, there's there's some cool stuff they added. you can tweak with um, how quickly certain attributes progress for new players. Mm -hmm. So guys don't, guys don't, Because there's always a problem with NBA NBA games. Either you get a bunch of guys who are like 90 overalls in their second years. Or they're like, they stay like 72 overall for their entire careers and you just don't get new stars. So you can kind of adjust that stuff. You can adjust, uh, now you can adjust what the NBA value, like what market values are. So you can give it like, you can set it so if guys don't get drafted, They'll all, they'll they'll demand like eighteen million dollars a year as undrafted free agents if you want, <laughs> or you can make it that everyone you you can you can set it so contenders value first round picks less, and t- teams that are tanking value them more. Uh, like exact money values. I'm saying like how much money like how much salary is this worth to you? Um, you can set like like I said progression rates. You can set injury rates. You can set there's another one I'm thinking of. I can't remember what it is. There's, there's a bunch of sliders
0: now you can tinker with that's pretty, that are pretty fun. So I, I could set it to where Dallas would get owned by free agency just like real life. Basically, I,
1: teams sometimes <laughs> – sometimes the game will – every year there's one star player who the game just decides is going to go a random place every time, which is how one year when Chris Paul was a free agent, he ended up on the cabs with Kyrie for some reason. <laughs> Um and then and then this year it was it was Durant would go I, I probably did it twenty times and I think he went to fifteen different teams he went to the Nets once and wow. I was like that won't happen <laughs> uh, he went he went to the Pacers before he went to the Mavs before he went to the Clippers before he went
0: to I think he went to the Wizards he went to, he went everywhere so you had do, no idea what to make of him how many simulations do you end up doing if you were to well, just guess uh, it depends on I'll do. I
1: would say at least half the ones I do, I'll just get sim through the season really quick to do a draft to see what it looks like, and I won't do anything else with it, and I'll delete it. But I probably do like
0: ten or twelve a year at least. Okay, that's not as many as I would have thought. Cause no, because some of them,
1: good. some of them I'm considering, and they have it so you can they they do have they do have the start today setting. So if it's in like if you're doing it in like early March, you can just start from the day. It's actually more fun when you can start with the nba as it exists at that point and like do the playoffs and do the draft because it's a much more realistic you don't have to go through the entire season again and you know the nba doesn't know you'll end up with like teams that i mean i had to do that before one year when the nuggets weren't in the playoffs and the game thought they were going to win like 59 games i was like what what's going on um yeah it, it is uh you know 2k is 2k it is what it is i also like doing team ups playing with other people and just uh a fun one to do with our mutual friend tom we'll do a thing where we put it on rookie and we'll do a thing where you each control one position on a team so you can put in whoever you want and we'll you'll take like a random historical team and like let's score 75 points with paja or something like that Mm-hmm. Let's just destroy. It. We used to do it when they had Euroleague teams because the Euroleague teams didn't make substitutions, so they would all get tired. <laughs> so we would like we would bring in like I don't know. Spencer Dinwiddie wasn't that good. It'd bring in Spencer Dinwiddie. And be like, all right, time for Spencer Dinwiddie to get a, t- a turbo double against the Euroleague stuff like that.
0: How, how um, long does it take you to do? How long does it take you to create some of the the incoming guys that you've been talking about? Like if you're to oh, create what do you do? Uh, Twenty minutes. Really? Yeah,
1: I, I put in. I mean, putting all their stuff in is pretty rote for me at this point. Now, I'll edit these guys over the course of the year. Like, I'll add in tendencies, and I'll add in. I'll figure out how to do their jump shot, or I'll look up somebody who else has done that because other people are better at it. Um, there's a bunch of people who do extremely accurate face faces, which is impressive because the facial thing on 2K is not very good. Like, not like the not like the um. What is it? The scan thing? I'm talking about like mm-hmm. just putting in, just putting in the values for like nose width or whatever. Oh that yeah, stuff, yeah. People can do extremely accurate ones, and I'll, I'll use their faces sometimes. So sometimes I'll make ones on my own. I did a Jackson Hayes. I actually looked pretty good last year. I'm getting better at it. Um, that takes more time than anything else than like doing the, because I won't do. Uh, I usually just do like their attributes. I'll do multiples of five, so like cause I don't because I don't really feel like you can really delineate that stuff yet and then it'll grow out interesting ways from that. But um yeah, they they've also made it it's much easier to um it's much much easier now to it used to be if like say it's May and some guy goes back to school and he's not in the draft anymore and I have to like take him out. Uh it used to be I had to write down all his stats and then make it remake him in a different one now you
0: can just export
1: them which is much much easier
0: oh that's actually pretty interesting yeah that that
1: saved me i I did a lot more with it last year than i did because i could just export guys and it took like five minutes instead of recreating everyone every time okay so So you wouldn't have
0: to remember everything you just like so i
1: actually yeah i actually had an extra file just full of guys that i had exported and i wasn't sure i was going to put them and it would take like you just have to import them into wherever I was putting them. It was very easy. Okay. But that was that was the best thing they've done for the way I play in like a decade. But otherwise, the game is falling
0: apart. It's becoming a gambling, <laughs> It's becoming a gambling simulator now. That's really interesting, because I, I know everybody just really loves it. I, I gave up on it a while ago because I would get ticked off at my player, and I would, you know, have some awesome. So posts I, don't, I, don't play posts I don't play my player. I don't so play my player. I played a little bit, but I don't put that much time into it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I well, did for a I... while play My Park, which is where you take your My Player and you do games of twenty one with people. And uh I did have a run where me and two other people won like even though we were all like well eighty like threes and eighty fours and one guy was a ninety five, we beat a bunch of ninety nine overall guys like six matches in a row. That was great because they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> They were guys who very obviously bought a bunch of packs because all their guys had like crazy tattoos and all this crazy aesthetic stuff. (laughs) And we were just like running pick and rolls and winning. It was, that was fun. But
0: that was really the only time I played my player any, at all seriously in the last like six games. Yeah. I just, I gave up because I got frustrated at some of the gameplay mechanics. But I should, I should probably dip back in with how much I play games. So, (laughs) well. I really appreciate you coming on, uh, you know, kind of in the dead of things, you know, things uh, the you know, season uh, training camp and such starts up in about three weeks. And if yeah. I'm able to have you on, you know, probably closer to midseason once the uh, the the Mavericks, you know, kind of we can f- get a sense for where things is, are going. You know, it might be more fun to talk, you know, potential prospects down the road. But I'm well, glad I have that sort of handle on. It. I know. Right, right. I know right now you're just kind of guessing, but you know, things start to uh, opinions formulate, you know, really, you can see where guys fit and how things like that go. So if we have the opportunity, I'd like to have you back on to talk more about this. I'm glad you could, you know, jump on now, you know, we're all kind of starved for, for content, Mm -hmm. you know, I saw three aggregated pieces about Luca talking about how he lost some weight, which it's like, yep. okay, you know, we, we need, we need to actually have basketball again. I, I don't want to see a, a, a piece about Dorian Finney Smith, how he might be the hidden guy. And it's like, all right, all right, guys, we, we've been here before. So again, this is Brian uh, Shorter. I will post, you know, all his stuff uh, on the link. You guys better follow him on, on uh, Twitter and on his. Uh, Patreon. So thanks so much.